So we're driving down the road in the big, the big truck, in the Silverado. Driving down the road. It was raining this morning, but the sun is out now. The sky is blue with white, fluffy clouds. So this brings into mind, it's coming into spring. The grass is greening up. This, this brings me in mind of thinking about, well, the obvious thing. The zombie apocalypse. What could be more fitting on a beautiful early spring day than thinking about the walking dead? Because we all know they can't move when they freeze in the winter. That's that's a myth, okay? Oh. Okay, now. I wouldn't have known that. Welcome to the show, the big show, the spooky, scary show. Because we're driving <laughs> down the road, and we are actually going to be considering, for just a for just a little bit now, surviving a zombie apocalypse. Okay, now at Three By, this is the Three By podcast. At Three By, we are preppers, and we're 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 people who talk about going through and thriving and surviving no matter how good times are or how bad times are. But we tend to focus, as everybody has their own focus, our focus, we tend to trend towards the prepping most, the most for higher likelihood events. Wouldn't you say that's that's legitimate? Yeah. The ones we expect we'll have to face at some right. point Every, in our lives. We know. I mean, there's been tornadoes north of our town. There's been tornadoes south of our town. And when I mean north of our town, I'm talking about like... 30 feet north 30 of feet our town. 30 feet north of our town. <laughs> Yeah, we were we were in the basement over that one. We get ice storms every year. We get power outages every year. We've had water disruptions. We've had you name it. We've had it. We've had sicknesses. We've had economic downturns. You know, all of these things are things that a prepper should be prepping for because it's the most likely stuff to happen. But then there are other things that we all know we need to have at least some prepping for uh, because they do happen from time to time. A pandemic, it happens. We had a big one about 100 years ago, a huge one 100 years ago. We have things like the polar shift, which could do all kinds of weird stuff. It does happen every 30,000, 40,000 years. We have things like uh, sun eruptions. We have... Uh, that cause EMPs. Yeah, that cause EMPs, like like the uh, the famous one that happened in the 1800s that fried all the telegraphs. Um, the Carrington, I think it was the Carrington. Carrington event. event. Yeah. We have all of these. These are things that happen. Yellowstone has erupted and will erupt again. We have volcanoes that, that will change our weather patterns. We've had ice ages. They come, they go. All of these things will happen. So all of these things have to be in mind. And so I was thinking, okay, let's talk about the scale and let's talk about probabilities and stuff like that. And then I thought, but so many people seem to be talking about the zombie apocalypse. And I think on the scale of likely disasters to hit us, (laughs) that the zombie apocalypse is very, very, very far down on the list. 
Okay. Having said that. But there are, but the movies. <laughs> so many movies. Having said that. When you stop and think about some of the really bizarre stuff that's happened over the last 20 years, I'm not sure that anything is impossible. <laughs> so, since everybody else seems to be talking about the zombie apocalypse, I thought, hey, let's just take a couple minutes and talk about the zombie apocalypse. So, without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Spice, who has no idea what... She didn't even know what the topic was going to be before we started. <laughs> and she is going to give you... Um, a little bit of a medical and physiological uh, treatise behind zombieism. And she's going to discuss, you know, what it is and, and what we need to worry about if, of course, we decide that it's important to worry about a zombie apocalypse. And we're not going to go with any fictional stuff here. This is not going to be fiction. All right. This is going to be what 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 could cause what could cause zombieism, and by zombieism I mean a taste for human flesh, a mindless drone type, a creepy crawly, eh, you know, what could cause a zombie apocalypse? So, you're on. Okay. I'm looking at her face. I got one. She's got one. I got one. All right. Because I'm a biology chick, and we have one from the realm of biology. There is a zombie apocalypse? There is a zombie apocalypse sort of in the mouse community. Okay. Um, I don't remember all the details. He Obviously, I didn't know this was coming, so this is just... If you want, we could pause it and you could look it up. Nah, it's more fun this way. Okay. Um, because it would have to be speculative to be in humans anyway. All right. What we're well, talking about is a parasite. I think it's a protozoan parasite, if I recall correctly. It's a parasite that infects the blood. And when it infects the blood, I believe I was reading about it infecting mice. Toxico, somebody was his uh, genus, was infecting the mice. And when the mice got infected, not only did they get sick, and not only did their... Uh, bodies get full of the parasite, which would be ingested by the next creature that ate the mouse, but it affected the behavior of the mouse. And it made the mouse lose its fear of the scent of uh, cats. It made the mice lose their wall-seeking behavior, which is part of the normal timid behavior of a mouse. They always want to have... Uh, if they can have cover on three or four sides of them, they're happy. If they can have cover on only one side of them, they'll stick to that. So if you put a mouse uh, in a column in the middle of the room, it'll tend to run around the column multiple times because it doesn't want to leave its wall. It's called wall-seeking behavior. Well, the mice infected with this particular microbe lost their wall-seeking behavior, and they got really aggressive. So it was a mousy equivalent of just kind of hanging out there in the middle of the room, giving the finger to the cat that was coming up on you. Instead of trying to flee the cat. So they totally changed their normal behavior. They got sluggish, clumsy, and stupid. They got aggressive. And they clearly wanted to eat cat brains for dinner. Okay. So there we have it. So we have a mutation. So a parasite does that to people. Yeah. Okay. Like that. 
We'll go with that. So let's say the parasite hits people, and you got people wandering around wanting to eat your brains. Well, to me, this brings up several things that that not only do you could you prep for the zombie apocalypse, you, you could maybe even use some of these preps for other less crazy things. Oh, you mean you don't prep for just the zombie apocalypse? I don't prep for just the zombie apocalypse. I wonder if some do. So let's take a look at some of those things. If you are thinking about having to deal with a zombie apocalypse, if, if the walking dead is wa- are walking down the street, and they're not only out during the night, but out during the day, like they are in like the walking dead. You see the show? We've watched a few of the episodes. Um, you know, and you've got to go out during a zombie apocalypse. You've got things you have to do. You have to go out and like mow the grass because all the lawns stay rope mowed throughout <laughs> the walking dead. I don't do know they? how they do that. The sound attracts the zombies, but I guess a lawnmower doesn't. Okay? <laughs> I think they finally caught on after year four and they started letting the grass grow there. But since they're using sets that, you know, actually have to be maintained because they're actual places. You know, there you go. So you're going to have to keep your grass mowed during the zombie apocalypse. So you need a quiet way of, of doing that. You know, you could get one of those push mower thingies. Yeah. Those those take a lot of effort, though. I don't know if you've ever used one. They're they're pretty hard. Now, one of the things that we do, we use a lot of electrical tools. We have electrical chainsaws, which, you know, people with real chainsaws, they laugh at us. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you start up one of those chainsaws and you just told everybody within a mile that you're out there in the woods. You know, in all seriousness, do you? If the zombies are wandering, do you really want them to know that you are out there in the woods a mile away? No, they're going to shamble your way. Even though I, I guess, the uh, chainsaw would be a good anti-zombie tool. It would be what? Good anti-zombie tool. It would be, but you don't really want them to get that close. I mean, I, I don't. No, I mean, because a zombie can get you if you get. You don't want to. You don't want to bring a chainsaw to a gunfight. <laughs> I think that's a. You know, killing zombies is something that you need to do at range. Okay. Because you know, always a lot of preppers are all about. Yeah, I've got my fighting knife here, and I got my fight. You do not want to be, you know, in in claw range of a zombie. The winner of a knife fight is cut to pieces. And this is no joke. Knife fights are things you do not want to be in. It's like, remember the Indiana Jones movie where the guy's got the sword, he's and he pulls out the gun and shoots him? Be Indy. <laughs> okay. Briefly, let's talk about noise. If there's a zombie apocalypse, one of the things you need to prep for is to be able to do what you need to do without making a lot of noise or drawing attention to yourself. That's important. If you are sheltering in place, now zombies aren't real smart, but a few of them are smarter than others, or so I would assume. Because, you know, there's got to be an Albert Einstein out there somewhere. <laughs> and you don't want the zombies knowing that you are home and active. You want your house to look like everybody else is around. You want it to be making the same amount of light. You want it to be making the same amount of noise. So if your neighbors are dark and your house is lit up, you just stood out to the zombies. Congratulations. Come eat my brains. 
So you need to make, if you're sheltering in place, you need to find a way to make your house look like their houses. Okay? Because if you're sheltering in place, you do not want to stand out. Some people, like, talk about, you know, armoring up their houses, and you can. I mean, you can build your house so that it, um, you know, is the, the next, the second coming of Fort Knox. But it's probably going to stand out. And, you know, it's probably, I just, the zombies are going to come. <laughs> they will. They'll push on your walls. They'll push on your windows. Uh, I enjoy things. I enjoy prepper fiction. And one of the books that, that is, I think, a, in many ways, a, a pivotal good and bad book in the prepper fiction line is Patriots by James Wesley Rawls. And uh, his proponents, who, like, are all rich, so they can afford to do this, they have built this house, which you could not tear down with a tank. <laughs> okay? Literally, they they fortify the door in a way that that you just couldn't get through it. Now, true, when most people do a home entry, this is this is actually real. This is legit. When most people or people do a home entry, they go through the front door. It's just the way they do it. So if you if you have to fortify one thing in your house, make it your front door. If you have to fortify a second thing, make it the back door. Because that's how they're coming in. Most most forcible entries do not occur during uh, through windows. So that is a reasonable thing. Having said that, if you're fortifying your front door and you're hiding in it, you're not getting out. And eventually they're getting through. So there's only so much sense this makes. And if they're sufficiently hostile, they're setting the place on fire. Yeah. Now, zombie pro- probably wouldn't do that because I don't think they like cooked brains. They, they, they might. They might. They'd probably burn themselves up. But yeah, actually, that's, awesome. a, that's kind of a plus. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whistle pig right over there. I saw oh, a whistle pig. Good. They're out. Yeah. He was out, kind of looking around, going, "Hmm." Groundhog guys. Yeah, that's a that's Missouri for a groundhog. We call them whistle pigs. Um, yeah, so there's that. Now, a lot of people believe that the best type of prep that you can have for a zombie apocalypse is a large. Ammunition stash and plenty of guns. And I raise my hand and say, Amen, brother, to that. I don't. Alas, Babylon. Nope, nope. That's not my favorite. You're not going to pop zombies with your guns? Well, I would if I had to, but I would much rather be where they aren't. You'd much rather be where they aren't? No, you're not going to stand there and fight off the millions of zombie hordes? With your gun? No. Why not? I only intend to shoot things if that's my only option, and if I can go where they aren't, that's not my only option. I don't want to stand around popping zombies all day. I want to make a living, have so, a life. So what you're saying is you're going to prepare a 
prepare a place to get away to in case the zombie apocalypse comes where there aren't a lot of people to be turned into zombies? No, sir. I'm going to prepare the place because we have a place in the woods. So what you're saying is there needs to be an alternative for certain uh, scenarios to get out of Dodge and have some place to go, not just wander off into the woods and become a zombie yourself. You've seen any of the horror movies. You know how that ends up, guys. Uh, Blowing things up and shooting everything that comes your way as a survival strategy is workable in a two-hour movie. But life is not a two-hour movie. People got to sleep. They got to have food. Eventually, they got to go out for food and water and fuel and things like that. It makes for a short and exciting life. If you're trying to survive by killing off all the bad guys. My opinion. Well, yeah, and you know, you if you read a lot of prepper fiction, which you don't, but if you did, you'd realize that the, the in the zombie apocalypse that they're not the only problem you have to deal with because you've also got the mutant bikers. Oh, you've always got mutant and, bikers and the gangbangers. In the last book I read, uh, one was carrying around a pig with a tutu. Carrying around what? A pig with a tutu. I wouldn't make this stuff up. A pig with a tutu. Yeah, I think it was intended to show how insane the mutant bikers were. They weren't actually mutants in the story, but, you know. Oh, trust me, they were mutant bikers. Whether they were (laughs) Anybody, any biker got a piglet with, or pig with a tutu. They were the trope of mutant bikers. Ouch. Note to yourself, if I write a book about an apocalyptic situation. Don't go there with pigs and tutus. (laughs) No bikers. And no pigs and tutus. And no gangbangers. Although, frankly, I think that might actually be a real problem if, you know. There are places where that would be a real problem, but I don't think we live in any of them. Yeah, there are places where it won't. Uh, If any of you have watched watched the old television show Jericho, about a small town in a in a post EMP post nuclear world, where we are is a lot more like Jericho than it would be like Escape from New York. <laughs> so, a lot less people to turn into zombies. So that's good, and a lot of them who are here are sixty years or seventy years or older. I mean, I I like. I'm slow, but I can outrun most traditional zombies, and I can certainly outrun most 70-year-old traditional zombies. That's true. I, it, it does make you wonder, you know, if it's a 70-year-old zombie, and the person who used a walker before they were a zombie turned in, Can a zombie use a walker? Uh, from some of the movies I've seen, some of them ought to be using walkers. True. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, we're going to stay away from the, the, the areas where the zombies are most prevalent. We're not going to go into, we're not going to be traveling around on the roads, are we? We're going to get to where we're going and we're going to stay there. We're going to not be conspicuous. 
We're going to not make a lot of noise. We're going to have our food and water available to us. We're going to have our the ability to raise more food available to us. And we're going to defend ourselves from the zombies if we are forced to as a last resort. We're not going to go out and go zombie hunting. Yep. Plus, we're not going to, you know, and it's not just the zombies really that you have to worry about. It might be people who are not necessarily very nice people trying to steal your stuff. So we're going to ford up and defend our stuff against anybody who comes by and tries to do that. But we're not going to go out and look for trouble. Because you go out hunting for these guys who might be causing you trouble and run into about 700 zombies, and you're going to get your brains eaten because you got caught in the car. Or you start trespassing on other people who are just trying to protect what their stuff is, and they don't know you. Yeah, a lot of people, in all seriousness, think that uh, they're going to be a raider. They're going to go out and steal other people's stuff from them. Well, you might do that for a day or two. But if you if that's your plan, you're going to have a very short, very exciting life. And you're going to end up getting strung up on a light pole. Just saying. The game never ends when your whole life depends on the turn of a friendly card, as Alan Parsons used to say. You don't want to have to depend on being the luckiest and the best. Night after night, watch upon watch, tack upon tack. That's right. Now, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, and, you know, going back over what we've said, it does kind of seem like you could use the zombie apocalypse as a metaphor. Oh, really? You think it might just be a literary construct? Do you think so? You don't think these people... What? I don't know, man. There's a lot of zombie books out there, though. There's a lot of zombie books I out there. I went to a liberal arts school, and I tell you, any number of people can overlook the allegory part and take pretty much anything literally. Some people think Animal Farm was about pigs walking on their hind legs. Well, it's okay to overlook the allegory, but don't over- overlook don't the, the alligator. alligator. <laughs> tell you a story. We were down in Florida, <laughs> down on a river on a swamp. Blackwater River. Blackwater River. And it was Blackwater. So I'm kind of sitting up there next to the car because I don't really want to go walking down the boat ramp. But Miss Thang over here, she's <laughs> got to go see what the river looks like. Yeah. And she walks down there, and she's all right down at the river, and she's like bending over and looking at the river, and all of a sudden we hear from the weeds... An evil hiss. And it was a big, evil It was a deep-sounding hiss. hiss with a lot of air behind it. Air that could only come from a big set of lungs. And uh, that was uh, an alligator telling her very, very politely, unless you don't, unless you want to leave that arm with me, you best be going elsewhere. And... I think this is your territory, and I am happy to leave you to it, Mr. Alligator. Bye. Yeah, she said that after she sprinted up the boat ramp, though. I mean, there was no no hesitation in her. I'm out of here. 
I am not normally timid about wildlife, but there is a small selection of creatures on the planet who would eat me. And uh, big alligators fall in that category, and that sucker was close to me somewhere, and I couldn't see him for the black water and the weeds. Yep. And they can out-sprint me for a short distance. Yep, yep. And they have some big ones down there. Most of them aren't that big, but some of them are. It, yeah, it probably wasn't aggressive enough to actually try and eat me, but I didn't want to find out. It may have been sitting so on its nest. Who knows? She could have been. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those deals where, like, ah, okay, Mr. Gator, I'm out of here. So, again, the lesson of this podcast, you can overlook the allegory. Don't overlook the alligator. <laughs> All right, so we've pretty much covered the zombie apocalypse, I think. I'm not going to put it very high on my list of, of concerns. We're not spending an enormous, exorbitant amount of time prepping for it. One thing, though. If you keep spam as one of your preps, don't let anybody know. Because I am pretty sure that when they say beef... That could be beef brains. When they say pork, that could be pork brains. I, I'm, I'm just kidding. They prep, they don't actually put that in those products. Yeah, it's too close to being meat. <laughs> no, it's too close to causing chronic wasting disease, actually. <laughs> so they don't want to feed people brains most of the time anymore. But those mystery meats, you know, zombie might think there's canned brains in there. Yep, 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 yep. So, we'll catch you the next time. Bye.